Why don't you just slip a hand in the air right now and just thank the Lord for his faithfulness to you in your life. If he's been good to you this week, you ought to just pause and say, thank you, Jesus, for being good to us, for being a faithful God. He's been good. He's been better than we deserve. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And all I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Come on now, sing it with me. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And all I have Thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Come on, praise him like he's faithful. Praise him in the manner that he's faithful to you. Give him praise today. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Reading an obscure passage from the book of Esther this morning, the second chapter, and I'm going to read one verse, the 17th verse from Esther chapter 2. And we'll see what the Lord has to speak to us this morning. Since there will be no service on Wednesday, I uh, am concerned with losing some of the momentum that we had in the beginning from the book of Proverbs. And I don't know about you, but I have enjoyed teaching from the book of Proverbs in our midweek Bible study on Wednesday. And of course, we were on vacation this week and uh, appreciate um, Brother Brandon for stepping in. And I heard he did a great job and so many wonderful reports and we appreciate him doing so. And then of course, this week being no midweek service for the sake of our, um, of our meeting, our construction meeting. And um, I was thinking along the lines of uh, camp season is coming and and I just felt the Lord keep pushing me in this direction. And so while I'm not in the book of Proverbs this morning, I'm going to read from the book of Esther, the second chapter. But we're going to be, I don't know if I'm going to be teaching or preaching this morning. We'll just see. It usually starts out teaching and I end up hollering for it's all over with. And so uh, you know how it goes. And so um, we'll, we'll see what the Lord has in store for us. Uh, but I want to... Um, uh, there's going to be some theme this morning that is going to ring a chord with our Wednesday night crowd that has been following with us through the book of Proverbs. And you're going to be hearing some things that's going to be oozing out of the book of Proverbs as we are preaching uh, or teaching this morning. Esther, the second chapter, verse number 17, just this one verse. And the king loved, loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor, everybody say favor, in his sight more than all of the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen. 
instead of Vashti. I want to speak this morning for a little bit from this passage, kind of as a springboard into the subject matter of obtaining favor. Obtaining favor. Not just any favor, but obtaining the favor of the Lord. Obtaining favor. Lord, help us this morning to speak what you have laid upon our heart. God, that every person in this room may be fed by the word of the Lord and that our spirits may be touched and lives changed. Lord, that we may have come in hungry and we leave filled, that we may have come in sick and we leave healed. Lord, whatever you have for us this morning, I pray that as we receive the word of God today, that it affects us in the area of life where we need it the most. Speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our lives today, and let there be positive change in our lives. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Thank you. I say along with my wife, welcome to all of our guests that are with us today. Thank you for being here. Uh, we, we always enjoy um, having our guests with us on Sunday morning. Amen. Paul said it this way. He said, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Favor is, favor is like a stream. It is like a current. And the issue of the current is that the current of favor is either, either flowing toward you or it is flowing away from you. Favor is not stagnant. It is never stagnant. Favor is either, you're either growing and increasing in favor, meaning favor is flowing into your life, or favor is flowing away from you. Um, there is no stagnant point in favor. Now, before I get too much into the subject of favor, I, I want to talk a moment about what favor is and how favor operates and how favor works in our life, why we need favor and uh, hopefully uh, we will uh, end today by talking about how we get favor. How do we obtain favor? Favor is an attitude of goodness toward you. It is, it is an attitude of goodness toward us. Um, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is unmerited favor. Understand this. Mercy uh, is quite different. Mercy is while we deserve. Uh, grace is unmerited favor, meaning we are given favor when it is not deserved. Mercy is given to us. Uh, although uh, we deserve something different, mercy is given to us. Grace is given to us when we don't deserve it. We're still given the favor. Favor is God's goodness toward us. Favor can be uh, obtained from individuals. It can be obtained from others. It can be obtained in the business world. Uh, favor can come from many sources. I want to keep our focus today on obtaining the favor of the Lord. Favor is the willingness, the desire and the participation of an outside source to advance or to help you obtain something that you are trying to obtain. In other words, favor, uh, favor comes to you when, when somebody says, I will join with you. I will join with your effort. I will assist you. Someone will step in and say, I will help you. Uh, sometimes it is through grace, it is unmerited favor. Sometimes it is mercy, we ought to be getting some other kind of treatment. But then it is times when favor is coming to us uh, in its purest form, which is the favor of God that flows into our life. Favor is not an accident. I'm going to help you try to, to, to understand uh, the depth of favor. Favor is not an accident, but it is a deliberate design by God for uh, to serve as a reward uh, 
because of our acts of obedience. I'm going to let that simmer for a moment in your consciousness while we are moving into this lesson today. Favor doesn't happen by accident. Uh, I've heard people say they fell into favor. Nobody falls into favor. People don't fall into favor no more than they fall into love. Somebody ought to say amen. I know a lot of people that claims they fell into love. They fall in, they fall out. Well, you're not going to help the preacher today. Favor is not something that you fall into. Favor, uh, favor does not happen by accident. Favor is a deliberate design by God. God has created favor for your life and mine. Favor is a result uh, of our uh, actions. It is a result of our decisions. It, uh, people, I've heard people say, well, it's, it's because of the family they were born in. Probably not nearly as much as it is uh, the training and upbringing in their life. I've heard people say, well, it's because they were born uh, with a silver spoon in their mouth. I'm, I'm not saying that, uh, that where somebody comes from may not help them in life. Uh, I'm certainly not going to say that because somebody was born in a family uh, that perhaps is wealthy, that it's not going to help them obtain wealth. Yet, uh, I want you to understand that just because that you were not born into that family doesn't mean you've got to die broke. Well, wake up your neighbor and tell them pastor's talking this morning. Uh, just because you didn't come from... From, from the side of town that you had wished you would have come from doesn't mean you've got to end up on that side of town. Uh, what I'm telling you is that you can obtain favor that will grow and develop your life and you can become more than the way that you were born. You can grow up out of situations. You can come out. There's people in this room today that grew up in poverty but today are blessed. There's people that were, that were raised up in alcoholic families, but today they're not an alcoholic, although the statistics say they're supposed to be an alcoholic. I know people that were in this room this morning that were raised up in abusive situations, and by all means they, they say that they're going to be abusive in their life, yet they found favor with God and they broke a curse in their life and came out beyond it and said, I'm going to be more, I'm going to do more, I'm going to accomplish more. And it didn't happen by accident, but it happened by favor. Now I'm going to help you understand this because it doesn't happen by accident. You don't fall into it. It's not just that somebody automatically decided to take you under their wing or somebody uh, some, some rich aunt that you didn't know uh, from Africa somewhere, uh, maybe that's the wrong continent, uh, but uh, maybe some uh, wealthy uh, uncle that wants to leave you millions of dollars uh, from uh, Nigeria, and uh, they contact you via the internet, and they want to send it, well, that would be wonderful favor. But I don't really know anybody that that's ever quite worked out for. Uh, I, I know that uh, I, have, I have lost several distant relatives from uh, Nigeria. Didn't know I was related to anybody from there. But I, I have had several relatives from Nigeria pass, and they all were looking for somebody uh, to leave their fortune to. And uh, it has just never worked out quite the way that I wanted it to. Now, for all the folks that don't know that pastors just speaking tongue-in-cheek this morning, don't give out your information to anybody that contacts you over the Internet and say, well, it worked for pastor. It's going to work for me. What do you need? Uh, even this week, I received one of those uh, such calls. Uh, even this week, they were contacting me. They had been trying to get in contact with me, but it just didn't work out. The truth is, is that we all know that there is no shortcut to wealth. There's no shortcut to these uh, things in life. There may be a few people that's been blessed in certain ways, but for the most part in life, uh, the, 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 the reality of life is that uh, favor is not going to come to us by accident. But uh, we're going to be rewarded because of our acts of obedience. Uh, 
uh, I have I had someone contact me here a few days ago, and they were broke, and they sent me pictures of their kids, and they were needing help, and they were wanting me to help them, and so I offered them to uh, for some part-time work, and they immediately let me know that they were handicapped and unable uh, to have transportation. I said, no problem, I can work out transportation. Uh, what level of handicap do you have? We'll find something for you to do where you can earn money. There is no way I'm going to allow your child to starve. And they disconnected from me. And I haven't heard back from them. Remember them in your prayers. Favor, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't happen by accident. And favor doesn't come because somebody feels sorry for you. Isaiah 1 and 19 says, if we are willing and obedient, everybody say the word obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. There is an obedience factor in favor. There is, we can be rebellious. We can uh, decide I'm going to rebel. I'm going to act this way, that way, another, uh, and be disobedient, be rebellious, uh, try to uh, short-circuit the Word of God and say, I'm going to go about uh, accomplishing my mission and my goal uh, from some other way, some other source, uh, it will never happen. And it will never happen because the Word of God says it will never happen. And somebody says, well, it could happen this way or that way. It will happen according to the Word of God. Favor isn't a mere miracle that happens in your life. Now, let me blow up some theology this morning. I've heard some people say, wow, did you see them? Man, they were just, they, their ministry just took off. Man, they just, they were just blessed. And i tell you why it is. Uh, they, they were blessed because they fasted till their belly button fell off. And they were praying 18 hours a day. And uh, God is just, man, it just all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere. Chances are those things may have been a blessing and a help, but that's not what it was. It is called favor. It is called favor. It doesn't happen by accident. It is not a miracle sent to you from God. Favor is not a miracle. Favor is a gift. It is a return. Favor is a payback. Because of your obedience. Favor is a payback of God. Favor is when God causes someone to desire to be a problem solver in your life or a helper in your life because you have been obedient to God. Let me help. Let me try to break this down a little more. Your obedience and faithfulness to God does not go unnoticed in heaven. God sees your faithfulness. God sees your work. God sees your labor of love. And we get frustrated sometimes and we feel like, wow, nobody sees what I'm doing. Nobody sees the work that I'm doing. God sees what you're doing. Brother Harding stepped by this morning and said, wow, thank you uh, for those new sweepers that, we, that the church has purchased. Man, they're great. They're wonderful. I loved, loved getting to use them. They, they were, and, I, and I'm thinking, wow, somebody's thanking me for buying sweepers that you can use. Uh, the, the issue is, is while there's no songs and there's no, uh, the organ's not, not playing and the drums are not beating and nobody's watching what is happening but yet there's people that come and behind the scenes are, are, are working and laboring and then they're in the office and they're sending mailers and flyers and on Monday night they're sending out guest uh, cards and they're sending phone calls out and on Saturday a group of young uh, men in the church were taking water around and finding people in the community and just handing out water bottles and saying and saying here, here's just I just want to be a blessing. And somebody says, what, what's all that about? What is that really doing? You're not preaching to anybody. Uh, you're not on stage in front of anybody. You're not really, what are you really accomplishing? I'll tell you what you're accomplishing. God is seeing what you are doing. And God is taking notice. And before long, God is going to say, hey, it's time to reward them for their energies, their efforts, their labor, their faithfulness, and their sacrifice. 
and God saw you on the sweeper or handing a water bottle or pushing a lawnmower or working in a parking lot or teaching a Sunday school class or teaching a Bible study or picking somebody up for church on Sunday morning and God says it's time to send a blessing to them because of their obedience and their faithfulness and it comes through favor and and some unfaithful person around you looks and gets mad and pouts and says well it must be because of the pastor it must be because of who they are it must be because of the money they give to the church no it is called the favor of God and I would rather have the favor of God than the favor of man any day the apostle Paul even deals with it I don't want to get too far ahead of myself this morning favor isn't a mere miracle but it is a reward for faithfulness favor is when God causes somebody to be a problem solver or helper in your life God's purpose for favor is is to enable you to achieve your assignment somebody this week made such a I thought it was a tremendous post when the stock market kind of everything got crazy and 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 people were worrying and and uh, there was a friend of mine made a statement and he said don't pray for the stock market god's not concerned with it and i thought wow pretty powerful statement god's not really concerned too much about the luxuries of life but i can promise you this to the faithful one god is concerned about every hair in your head or the lack thereof If he's concerned about the sparrow, he is concerned about you. I want you to understand this morning, obedience toward God in everything you do will bring about the favor of God. And not everybody's going to understand it. Not everybody's going to like it. Likewise, disobedience will cause favor to leave you. I never want the favor of God to be taken off of my life. I've been through some times in my life that I felt like the favor of God was taken off of my life. I've been through some seasons that God put me through some tests and trials. Anybody in here know what I'm preaching about today? When I've been through some trials and tests and thought God doesn't even know my name anymore. He has forgotten me. I'm down here struggling and I'm going through it and God doesn't know where I am. It's just the trial of my faith that he's putting me through it and allowing me to go through it because he's working some things out of me and he's working some things into me. And through what God is doing in my life, he is developing some things in me. But when the time has come in the fullness of time, the Lord will speak favor into my life and all of a sudden people will begin to line up and it'll all begin to come together. Uh, let me break this down for you. Uh, we, uh, we've been seven years building a church building. We've been seven years talking about building a building. We've been seven years raising funds and sacrificing and giving and laboring and we just now are trying to get framing up. And, and the, the issue is, is God had a timetable. And it took me a while to become comfortable. I had elders come to me and say, Pastor, when God's timing is ready, nobody's going to be able to stop it. It's just going to come to pass. It's going to happen. And, and, and of course, uh, I wanted it to happen in my time. Hello. I, I wanted it to be in my season. I wanted it to be on my calendar. I, I gave God a few deadlines. Isn't that silly? Isn't it silly? Well, God, if you answer by this time, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. God's not worried about your timetable, nor is he worried about your bank account. He's just worried about you having everything you do that you need to accomplish the assignment that he sent you for. And if we'll be more about the assignment, oh, my Lord. If we'll get about the, the assignment that he has sent us here for, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the other things will be added unto us. He's not worried about your portfolio. He's not worried about your status or your title. He's God is worried about one thing. I have them here for a purpose. What are they doing with the assignment? You plug into the assignment of God. I feel the Holy Ghost. You plug into the assignment that God has put into your life and you seek first 
the assignment that God has placed in your life. Get ready. Favor is going to flow and nobody going to be able to stop it. You're going to be blessed in your going in and in your coming out. Favor is going to flow when the assignment becomes your purpose. Oh, I want the favor of God. Let me go about my business. Get about God's business. Get about God's assignment and favor will follow. Finding favor with an earthly leader is not what I want to focus on today. But let me digress for a moment. In the story of Esther, there is a great example of the blessing of favor. Now, there were some strange things that happened in Esther's life. Esther lost her mother and her father. Esther was wise to take the counsel of Mordecai. Mordecai took Esther in as his own child. He took Mordecai in and he invested in somebody because God had a purpose. Esther lost her mother and her father. An orphan, if you please, that was destined in the day to the life of a servant. Mordecai comes on the picture and begins to invest in Esther's life. Esther sought wisdom. Hello, Wednesday night crowd. Esther sought the wisdom of God. And through wisdom and understanding, didn't let the fact that she had was an orphan and had lost her mama and lost her daddy and now had nobody but somebody taking her in that could have taken advantage of her, could have hurt her. She could have built, she could have built a story about how bad life was. She could have talked every day about the struggles of life. It could have consumed her. It could have absolutely encapsulated her life. It could have engulfed her thoughts. She would have lived every day uh, depressed and struggling and going through all feeling sorry for herself. But instead, Esther decided to listen to the teaching and the upbringing of Mordecai. While there's not a lot in Scripture about it, I can't help but see that it wasn't by chance that just because Esther was a fair maiden and because Esther was beautiful, that was the success in her life. A lot of people would look on the surface. People would say, well, it's because she's beautiful and that's all that matters. Her beauty may have helped her, but there was some teaching and understanding that she had to get from Mordecai. And Mordecai, through his teaching and investing into her life, was a great example for her. Esther was wise before that she ever, when the opportunity came for her to go into the king's house. Esther through wisdom did not just run into the king's house but the story is linked with favor upon favor upon favor. Read through the book of Esther and you will see the favor of God and the favor of man. You will see her life favored because she used wisdom and she allowed this person to help her and then another person to help her. She was wise not to just say, I'm beautiful, let me go before the king. But she goes before the chamberlain and she becomes close to the chamberlain. And when she gets close to the chamberlain, she wanted to know, I have not yet met the king, but tell me everything that you can tell me about the king. Let me learn about his likes and dislikes. Let me learn about everything 
thing that I can learn about. Let me know about what he appreciates and what he's looking for. As a matter of fact, Esther did not even pick out her own dress, but her dress was chosen by Haggai, the chamberlain who knew exactly what the king liked. I want you to look at the humility in favor here. She said, I won't even, oh, that may not be my style. That's not, well, you know, I'm, I'm beautiful, and let me show you my style. Let me show you how, no, no, Esther said, I, I want somebody that's been around the king to tell me what he likes. Don't come to me telling me what it's like and what I need to do and how I need to direct my life to go before the king if you haven't spent a great great deal of time before the king yourself. I want to get around somebody that knows what the king likes and knows what the king appreciates and understands and I want to humble myself and say teach me. Let me learn from you. Let Pour into my life because there's going to be an opportunity that may come my way. It may not happen but in the event that it does. When I go walking in I want to know exactly what he likes. I want to walk the way he likes for me to walk. Dress the way he wants me to dress, talk the way he wants me to talk, and I haven't even met him yet, but I have heard what it's like in there, and I want to find somebody that is that has been there, and I want to grow, and through the humility and the submission, God began to grow and begin to develop in her life everything that she needed so that she, when she walked in the room, it was stunning. The king drops everything, looks around the room, and said, ah, I just found the new person that's going to wear the crown. It didn't happen because she was beautiful. It happened because she found favor. Oh, we all know how we like to have church. Can I preach now? We all know what we, how we like to have church. We like our music the way we like our music. We know what style we like. We know what genre we like. We know what era we prefer it to be from. And we can do a whole lot of talking about what we prefer, about what we like, about the way we think it ought to be. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't sound to me like you've been around him too much because somebody that's been around him knows this much. It doesn't really matter what my preference is. I'm going to sing on the fast one or on the slow one. I'm going to worship on the fast one or the slow one. I'm going to worship on the new one or the old one. I'm going to worship on the one that I like and the one that I may not care much for. But there's one thing I know. I want to find the favor of the king. I want to do whatever I have to do. My worship isn't to please you. It isn't even to please me. My worship is to please him. I don't want to learn protocol from somebody that doesn't know what it's like to be in the king's chamber. If you haven't been there, don't tell me how to get there. If you haven't spent a lot of time close to him, don't come telling me what I, what I need to learn. I, I want to learn the ways of somebody that's been there. You can't act like you want to act and still find favor. Esther had to learn the ways of the king. Oh, well, you know, this is one story. Let me tell you about a man that was thrown into the bulrushes to save his life. That spent some time, not in prison, but in the palace as a prisoner. I'm going to let this sink in. Oh, well, let's talk about this terrible story. They were killing the babies, and he gets thrown into the Nile, and he's in the bulrushes, and he's found and recovered. What a horrible story. Let's write sad songs and terrible poetry about it. Let's talk about all of the hard times of life God was preparing him 
Well, now I gotta go, now I gotta go and live without my kindred, and I've got to go live in this horrible palace. Because God said, I have an assignment for you. And the assignment is not going to come to pass just yet, but the assignment's going to, I'm going to send you on the backside of a Midian desert. I'm going to do all sorts of things to you. I'm going to come and finally speak to you in a burning bush before I send you back to the palace. But before you go to the palace to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, you're going to have to understand some things about the palace. That's why he didn't, that's why, see, you don't understand why you're going through some things that you're going through. It's going to be because your test becomes your testimony. It's because what you're going through today may very well be attached to the assignment that God has for your future. See, you don't know that you're going to be the spokesperson that says, let my people go. When you're on the backside of a Midian desert smelling like sheep, when you're in the bull rushes on the side of a Nile dodging crocodiles, hey, how is this going to benefit me? For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. Get ready. It is going to work to your favor. God's not killing you. He's blessing you. He's setting you up for your purpose. You can't act the way you want to act and still find favor. Well, this is just me. It's just the way I am. This is not the real world. You better get used to it. Go ahead on with your bad self. And you're going to die with your bad self. And you're going to die bitter and frustrated because your, 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 your desires never came to pass. God never allowed the things to happen. Why? Because God is not going to bless something that refuses to submit to His divine purpose. A lot of people live frustrated and they are the one hindering their assignment. So we have to learn to modify to match his desire, not our own. I got to move. Page two of eight. I'm not kidding. Oh, well, no studying next week. But this is what you've got to understand. The deeper that you go into the palace, the fewer people will be there. And the fewer people have been there. That's why the deeper you go in God, the less you've got to listen to the voices around you. Because they haven't been where you're going. Say what you want to say, but I can't modify for every voice that is out there. We are on a mission. We have God in view. We have, we have the kingdom of heaven in view. We've got to get there. If you don't know how to get there, stop declaring all the ways to get there. There's one way to get there. So the deeper you go in the palace, the fewer people are there, the lonelier it gets. And the fewer people you can allow to speak to you about it. But the deeper you go in the palace, the greater the provision. Because the closer to the king's chamber you get, the closer you are to unlimited resources. In Luke chapter 2, there's an interesting verse. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This seems to indicate that although Jesus was God, there isn't any indication that he had all wisdom and knowledge from birth. Oh, that messed with some of you. There is no, well, he's God. He had to know all things. He was man, yet he was God. The man had to grow in wisdom. I didn't write this. 
The man had to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. In order to accomplish the assignment for his purpose, he had to learn to walk in wisdom and knowledge and favor. If Jesus had to learn to walk in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, what makes us think that it's all about us, all about our way, and all about what we think? He was smart enough, wise enough to be able to blow the minds of the scholars of his day when he was only a juvenile walking through the temple speaking to them the things of God and they're in awe of him. Yet he goes off the scene until he is 30 years of age because he's growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. I come to you today to remind you or to tell you that if you're going to accomplish the assignment that God has placed in your life, you must understand that before you get there to the fulfillment of the assignment, you are going to have to submit to the plan and the purpose of God that grows you in the wisdom of God and in the favor of God and in the favor of man. You don't get there by accident. You don't get there by by miraculous provision that automatically soars you and sends you there. But you will get there because getting there and accomplishing your assignment becomes the greatest thing in your life, the greatest mission in your life. I've told my boys, I'm closing. I've told my boys who are seeking ministry. And I have said to them, I've heard people say they ran from God and they ran from ministry. But I'm going to tell you that I don't know anybody that ran from ministry that has ministry. But for me, I wanted it more than I wanted anything else. And I had to conquer some things. And guess what? That's right. Pastor standing in the pulpit looks out at this congregation and says, I'm still battling with this flesh. Because I have got to conquer this flesh if I'm going to have the favor of God. And in order to fulfill the call of God in my life, it had to become my number one prerequisite in everything. Every decision I made was built around the call of God in my life. I have told my boys, you want ministry? You've got to want it more than anything else in this life. Man, I could do this and make millions. Is that what you want? Is that the calling of God in your life? That's fine. If it is, go after it. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. But if you're called and ordained of God, go after it with everything you have. It doesn't matter what calling, it doesn't matter what purpose, what mission, or what assignment that it is that God has placed in your life. If you're going to fulfill the assignment, you will only fulfill it through favor. And in order for the favor of God to flow into your life, you're going to have to submit to every bit of His will. I know I have only scratched the surface, obviously. I wasn't kidding with you when I told you I was at page 2 of 9 or 10. But I've got to come to a close today, but I'm going to tell you this much. When Esther walks into... The presence of the king. She didn't have to walk in second guessing. What does he want? What is he like? That's why she walked in with confidence, not arrogance. Arrogance walks in your own way. But confidence walks into the presence of the king saying I have submitted to everything you have asked in my life
and I walk in with confidence knowing this is not me. If I would have chosen my attire, it may have looked different. If I had chosen the way I walk, I may have looked different. If I had chosen the way I looked, I may have been different. But I have done everything that you wanted. What would happen, CLC, if as a whole, as a body, as a church, if every one of us would fall in love with the mission that God has called us to, with the assignment that God has for us so much, that we would say, I'm tired of talking about what I like and dislike, what I want and don't want. I am ready to talk about what he wants, what he likes, and I am going to submit to his plan, his purpose, and his will, and let it unfold in my life. And as it unfolds in my life, I'm going to find myself getting closer to him. And every time I move from one, when I move from Mordecai's house into the, into, the, into the house of the women, when I move from the house of the women in deeper into the, into the palace and I'm going deeper, I haven't yet made it into the, into the, to, to, to the king yet, but I am on my way there. So pastor, break this down and help me understand what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to tell you. What is it that is your assignment? What is God really looking for from you? You've got to start walking in that assignment. Is it to reach a soul? Is it to win your family? Is it to do more than you've ever done in the kingdom of God? Are you to be a great missionary and evangelist? A singer, a songwriter? Whatever it may be that God has called you, whatever it is that God has spoken into your life, whatever mission that God has you on, if it's to be a cupbearer, I want to be the greatest cupbearer that there has ever been. Whatever the mission is, whatever the assignment is that God has called you to, you've got to completely submit and say, yes. Stop resisting. Stop declaring I'm going to do it on my own and do it my own way. Start submitting and saying yes to his will. And when that door opens, know this. I'm stepping closer to the king. And the next door opens, I'm stepping closer to the king. And the next door opens, I'm stepping closer to the king. And when you finally get before him, he's going to look at you and he's going to say, well done. You, you made it. But you can't get there without favor here. I don't care who thinks what about me. I don't care what somebody says. I don't care what the church thinks. I'm preaching to you today because you got to care. Because it matters. Because in order for favor to flow, you're going to have to do something that brings that favor to you. Oh, God's grace and God's mercy comes to you. It's unmerited favor. You deserve something else. Yes, we rejoice in grace and mercy. But for the favor of God to flow in our life, that is the favor of elevation that takes us to where God wants us to go, we've got to understand we have to do something to accomplish the mission that God has sent us on. Stand to your feet with me this morning. If you're walking outside of God's purpose, if you're walking outside of God's will, if you're walking in sin, if you are not being obedient to the Lord. Don't get frustrated when favor is not flowing. Step in line with God's word. I open these altars today for one that may say, I hear you, Pastor. I understand why favor is not flowing into my life like it should. It's because I'm not walking where I should. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed in the room today. As they begin to sing softly in the background, I open these altars and invite one and all today. If somebody in the house today would like to step out from where you are and say, I'm coming today because I want to be in line. I want to be aligned with God's will. I don't want to be aligned with God's mission and purpose for my life. I want to walk in his will because I want to find his favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can use me. 
Come on, let's just give ourselves to him for a few moments. We can take a few minutes today. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. Give myself to you, oh Lord. Give myself away so you can use me. Give myself Come on, let this song be your prayer today. Why don't you just pour your heart out to him this morning? I want to walk in your will. I want to walk in your way. I want to find the favor of God in my life. Give myself away. Yes. I give myself away so you can Give myself to you, Lord. Give myself away so you, so you can use me. Give myself away. Come on, is that your prayer today? Is that your prayer today? Here I am giving myself to you. Giving myself to you. Come on, all over the building, just throw your hands in the air. Let this song become your prayer for just a moment. I give myself away to you, Lord. Give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. Oh, give myself away. So you can use me, give myself away. Ah. 